Greetings, greetings, and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We are back for another Friday episode. Man, I feel like Friday, you know, I feel like it's been a while since I put out an episode. But you know what? The episode that y'all caught last week, I actually did that a week before. So that's why I feel like that. Um, but um, again, man, we got a brand new special episode for you all today. This is actually Out the Box Talks episode 79. And I'm so excited to be talking to our guest today. Before we introduce our guest, I do want to, you know, make some announcements without the box. Uh, you know, our usual announcements, you know, for people who are just tuning in to make sure y'all go check out our website, outtheboxmedia.com, so you can get access to the plethora of interviews that we have with hip hop and soul artists going all the way back to 2009. Um, everything is on that website, whether it's via our TV show on out the box TV on YouTube or on Vimeo, um, or our podcasts, right. Which are available on platforms like Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, overcast, wherever you generally listen to podcasts, our episodes are there and we have so much, for you to check out. Um, the other thing is we have some merch. We have our merch store, outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com, where you can get um, items like this uh, baseball tee that I have, as well as like snapback hats. And I just put up some new items that are specifically focused on the podcast. So we got some Out The Box Talks merch so we got a hat up there. We got a T-shirt up there. We even got a coffee mug of Out The Box Talks that you guys can purchase as well. Also, if you would like to donate to the platform, you can donate via PayPal at paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia. Uh, don't worry. These links will be in the description of this interview. So if you're checking the interview out on YouTube or on our audio podcast, they'll be in the descriptions as well. Um, you can also donate via Cash App, which is uh, you can just send to cash tag out the box rep uh, via Cash App as well. Um, so, you know, whichever works for you, PayPal or Cash App, uh, the donations mean a lot. So whatever you can donate, it definitely helps um, to support the platform. Um, and then, um, Always remember you can catch our shows again on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. We have the interviews via YouTube, but if you want to catch the high quality audio, it's also via the audio podcast on those platforms. All right. So um, I think that's it in terms of plugging some of our um, links, you know. Uh, remember, you could go to the website, Out the Box Media, and subscribe for free there just so you could be updated with all the new um, episodes. And also remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Out the Box TV, and hit that notification bell so that you know when a new episode comes out. So, as I said, we have another special guest on the show today. Today, we actually are featuring uh, two artists who have collaborated a number of times together, and we're going to talk about their new collaboration today. Uh, they are actually have been doing music for quite some time. One is a producer, uh, DJ, and multi-instrumentalist. Um, he's hailing from D.C., and he's also a part of a hip-hop group called Why Society with Insight. You know, we had Insight um, on the show a few 
weeks back uh, with Ed OG. Uh, he goes by the name Inside Innovates now. Uh, and the other one is an MC who is also uh, part of another uh, hip-hop group called Panacea. And he's hailing from, he's a native of Philadelphia. And I mean, these two brothers go back, man. They, they've put out a lot of music, you know, throughout the years on Redefinition Records and just, you know, been doing their thing as far as hip hop is concerned, man. So again, like I, I, I'm really excited to talk to them today. Um, their latest project is called Big Tiny Planet. It's an EP. It was released not too long ago in the month of June. And uh, last year they put out the Ocean Bridges project with Archie Shep. Um, and also the Moment of Change album uh, in April of last year. And uh uh, some years back, they put out a project together called The Reflecting Sea, Welcome to a New Philosophy. So we're going to talk about their recent releases today and just get the listeners and viewers out there to know a little bit about these two brothers. Um, So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening and viewing audience, two brothers hailing from one from DC and one native of Philadelphia. want to welcome to our show, Brothers Raw Poetic, and Damu the Fudge Monk. Welcome to Out the Box. Waving to the people. That was was a nice intro. everybody. Peace. Welcome, man. Glad to have you all here on the platform. Like I said, man, um, I want to talk to y'all about this new project, Big Tiny Planet, that's out, which, you know, is an EP, but it's not like a short EP, right? Like, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a strong duration on the project. But um, before we do that, I do want to give you guys a chance to give the, the listeners and the viewers out there that may not know who you are, just a brief history of, you know, your... I would say like your biggest or most prominent contributions to music up to this point. So you okay. can introduce yourself and then just go in. All right. Um, I'll start. I'm Rob Poetic. Uh, like he said, originally from Philadelphia, but I'm from Virginia. Um, that's why I represent DMV area. And uh, doing music a long time. Started with my band RPM. That's how me and Damu met. Uh, you know, transitioning to Panacea and then well, uh, once that was done, I moved on to just raw poetic, and I do stuff with Damu the Fudge Monk. Dope, dope. Uh, Go ahead, Damu. Yeah, Damu the Fudge Monk. Yes, uh, originally from Washington D.C. Um, been doing music a couple decades now, and uh, make beats, DJ, and produce, and so forth. Um, just love music, and I came in the game about two thousand five, two thousand six, uh, as a member of Panacea, and um. Why Society with Insight Innovates, and then uh, myself and Raw Poetic have actually been friends and working together for about two decades, yeah, about 20 years now. So, um, yeah, it's just great to be here, and a lot of records later, and here we are. Wow, man, 20 years. That's a long time, man. A long time, yeah. (laughs) You know, I've been, I think I heard about you first, Damu, uh, around the time when, the the first Why Society album came out. Um, the name is Escape. No, Travel at Your Own Pace. Um, and I mean, I just remember how sought after that project was, man. And and just remember seeing you like coming out to New York, 
um, and, 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 and doing certain showcases and just displaying your talents as a producer, man. So it's definitely a pleasure to have you on the platform as well as yourself, Raw Poetic, because I've, you know, I've been watching and, and hearing about you for a while now. So it's funny how all these years I've been doing this and I finally get a chance to kind of connect with y'all in this interview form. So it's a pleasure, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. For sure. Dope, dope, dope. So for those that, uh, you know, may not know, can you kind of express how you two came together musically uh, to collaborate? Like what uh, made y'all serious about working together? Um, well, I mean, I guess it was just kind of proximity. We had a mutual friend or a few mutual friends. And, you know, at the time, uh, I guess people that made music or music creation wasn't necessarily looked at as a consumer product the way that it is now, you know, where you buy an iPhone, you buy a laptop, you know, there's music software, there's DJ apps and things where you can record yourself at it, you know, uh, which, which is great. You know, it's definitely enabled so many people to um, discover their creative passions. Uh, but, but back then uh, people that did hip hop or people that were creative were kind of isolated uh, just because of, you know, the time. So uh, we had a friend, I was an intern at a radio station, our good good friend KB. Uh, he knew that I did music and he said, Man, you gotta meet my homie. You know, he we're all poetic. He's in a group called RPM. And then I and then the thing was he heard a beat that I made that used one of the samples that they use. He's like, Oh man, now you definitely gotta meet him. So then I hopped the train. Uh Raw Poetic was in college at the time, so I had gone out to uh where he was going to school and um hung out with them the whole night at the rehearsal, and then before you know it. Um, we just started crossing paths at events and, and shows. And then before you know it, I, I joined his band as a DJ. And um, and then eventually Panacea came together to our good friend Kay Murdoch and uh, stayed, stayed a DJ there. And and then so, you know, so on. We just pretty much uh, st stuck together. You know, everybody kind of went their separate ways. And, and Raw Poetic and I really got closer and, and more creative and uh just the chemistry and the bond just grew dope dope man you know i it, it is dope to see like you guys come together for you know you know back in the days and then kind of like stick together to this point like what has enabled y'all to kind of just maintain that relationship and continue to work together i think it was just a long process of it i mean like damo explained to his ex that's exactly how I remember we were in Fairfax, Virginia, and it was several years that we were in the same vicinity, rolled with the same crews and everything, but we didn't make music together. Mm. And then once, you know, we started making music together with RPM and stuff and Panacea, then it was still another break in between that. And then we got to we got together. We did hold up like two years before it even came out. Like we just we just we started doing a few songs together. He was doing this thing. And at the time, I was just more focused on just like playing instruments, trying to learn instruments and everything better. And so once it came out, I mean, I, don't, I think there was just a level of excitement because we both, you know, do really like to record and we had a lot of chemistry at that point. So once we started, this was kind of like elevated, you know. Dope, dope. Now, Damu, um, as I understand, uh, you are also co-owner of Redefinition Records. Am I right in that? Uh, uh, I I did have some involvement okay. with that with that business, and uh, 
yeah, and as of right now, I'm pretty much just down with a fudge monk. Got it, got it. Cause I, you know, I remember that label being like they like when Bandcamp started, like you know, people started checking for Bandcamp, like like um that label and like one other independent label was like the two labels that were putting out a lot of releases through Bandcamp and redefinition kind of like you know claimed their stamp as far as like vinyl and cassettes and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about what your involvement was with redefinition and kind of what it is today? Uh yeah, I mean originally it was a you know it was a company that, that it started back in uh maybe 2006 2007 and then you know i met with the founder and uh we had some like interest and uh he had some interest in what i was doing and then pretty much you know it was a matter of trying to shop music to get to another label get and then eventually it just uh i guess evolved into an infrastructure to release records and uh initially it was just for me and then within a few years it was like hey this is working look why not expand this you know experiment with some other things so uh you know just a passion for physical products going in record stores just an aesthetic and so forth and um yeah i guess it's about 14 15 years later and um and yeah as of, as of right now just you know the labels still exist and um yeah i guess i've been doing more of my own my own thing as of late got it no doubt no doubt i appreciate that man i just wanted to ask about it because i've i've seen so much work with you um throughout the years on that label so um let's talk about this project that y'all released last year called moment of change right like talk to me about why y'all decided to go with this title that was all raw poetic <laughs> uh i think at the time um I gotta think back. Yeah, we were at. A, I think the whole world was at a moment of change. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a lot going on. Uh, you know, that was twenty twenty, right? COVID was happening, mm-hmm. um, and then I think it was just a moment of change for us. I mean, we were getting ready to put out Ocean Bridges, which was a pretty diverse album for us, and moment of change was like almost like. Uh, a good callback to what we are, what people are know know us for doing. Like just straight underground hip hop was guerrilla style. Like I said, like I, I didn't even you know, normally I type the lyrics and put them on a record. That one I didn't do it. You know what I mean? I just wrote the joints and you know Damu mixed and made the beats and like we put it out. So it was a nice raw album. And then it was just like um, I, I, I listened to the songs today, and it was almost like talking about the transitions that you go through in life. A lot of the songs, you know, Chandelier. You know what I mean? Um, Halio, like a lot of the songs are just talking about like, you know, your average things you go through, but that which which makes the change in who you are at, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So it was a lot. It was a lot in it. You know, it was timely. So it, it had to it was it was reflecting kind of the times that what we were going through. Oh, yeah. Most death. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, 2020 is, is the whole world has been different. I was just talking. I, I went hiking with my. Yeah. Uh, my guitarist earlier, my guitarist Pat, I went hiking and and we were just talking about how much has changed from last year to now and we're still getting used to going back out. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't go out much. You know, <laughs> I don't see anybody that much. You know, I, a lot of times when I when I talk to Dama, we talk through the phone, you know what I mean? But, like, 
that's how I talk to my closest friends these days, just on the phone, but I don't see them that much. So it was like that moment of change. Everything changed since then. I'm trying to get back to normal now to this point. You know? Right, right. Understood, understood. So um, now, Damu, as I understand, you you did pretty much all of the production on Moment of Change? Is that correct? Or uh, I mean, I guess the, the traditional production. Traditional, you know, right, right. Finding the samples and the interludes and that kind of thing. But but generally, both of us produce the albums. Yeah, yeah, understand. That's what I mean, like the traditional production. Yeah. Um, now yeah, the, the, the uh, yeah, all the sequencing and so. But yeah, uh, Raw Poetic actually did some of the arrangements because I because more recently because our chemistry is so good and because of the way we record, I, I'll just send him a loop. Well, I just send him a beat, and then I and then I let him arrange that the way he wants to do. So I, I let him do a lot of that with Chandelier. I you know that one's more layered and more like you know out of Chandelier, Nappy Heads, those uh you know have a lot more uh, uh, textures and arrangements and, and things that really need some be a little bit more delicate. But a lot of that stuff, more poetic had a hand in. So dope, dope. Yeah, because I was gonna ask you like um with the instrumentals on the album, like they have a medium range of sounds, like some, some sounds are like very funky, upbeat and some are laid back. Like, um, what types of sounds did you draw from or were you inspired from to create, you know? So, and I guess this is a, either one of you can answer these, this question, but to go go on, no, to, but to, but to come up with the overall, you know, instrumentals on this album. Oh, well, I guess the origins, uh, you know, not not to say not to not to create any more suspense, but you know, Raw Poetic and I have about ten albums, you know, that, that we still have yet to put out. So wow. I think it was around the um, it might have been the maybe around September, yeah, maybe about late August. No, you know what? It was August twenty nineteen, and I just made about. 40 beats, you know, just, just back to back to back to back. And then pretty much just sent demos to Raw Poetic and then just said, Hey, just, just, just make records out of these. So pretty much I was just going through, just trying to strip down because I'm, I'm a very, I guess I'm, I, I'm always trying to be Beethoven. I'm, I mean, and, and I mean that in the sense of overthinking things, mm. you know, like, so, so when you listen to the stuff on a uh, moment of change, I mean, it's stripped down. There's a lot more loops. I went back to how I made beats or how beats were made 20 something years ago. And, and also, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a big minimalist movement in a lot of the uh, underground yeah. hip hop, you know, or, or just indie rap as a late, you know, or best, better yet sample based uh, rap, you know, where things are stripped down and, and some, some producers have really, uh, you know, been the poster children for that sound. So it was more so like me to, to not overthink things and say, okay, hey, I just found some drums. Or, hey, you know what? I'm gonna loop something well known, some drums that people might know, and then just just try to make songs, good grooves, and then I left it up to Raw Poetic to to uh, really embellish on on the basic ideas. So a lot of the beat selection was all Raw Poetic. Wow, you know, you raise an interesting point about the minimalist production, like. I wonder how difficult has that been for you being that your approach hasn't been that like how has that been for you to strip things down you know production wise Oh uh, I mean it's it's on one end it's it's definitely reverse engineering um I I appreciate being able to do both and and appreciate both I think uh 
you know, at, at one time I might, I could have been a snob about stuff like, ah, man, you know, things are changing, you know, why I work so hard or, hey, this person works hard or this person, but really I had to, I had to look at it from a sense of, uh, you know, the, the music and, and the creativity of it is, is more so, it's all about the emotion and not necessarily, and I got so wrapped up in the technicality, you know, mm. behind stuff and like, okay, hey, you know, I got to chop this and do this and spin and this, I'm going to take this and that, and I, which I still love doing. But, uh, you know, there's, there's that side where I got so into the technical aspect that I'm no longer really uh, connected to what people actually feel when they hear things. I'm thinking about how it's being deconstructed. So, um, you know, to, to strip things down, it's, it's been, I guess it's been, a, you know, freeing, you know, mm. for me. Mm. Um, but then part of me also realizes that, hey, we're musicians. It's a very competitive market. People can create and publish and produce a lot faster than they could 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 15, 20, and, and so forth. So, um, you know, to spend time as much as I enjoyed and being delicate with my ideas, I guess, to uh, to strip things down and be able to publish things at a, at a rapid rate in comparison to your peers and your contemporaries, that's what needs to be done in order to uh, have some have some presence. Mm -hmm. do, so, you, do you find it easier stripping it down or is it easier to do it the way that you do it with the layered approach uh right now it's i guess at this point it's a it's probably 50 50. <laughs> uh, but I, I think at that time i i was driven i i actually had a purpose i actually said you know what let me not overthink things and, and let, let me accumulate versus um perfect you know so at the time when i did a lot of those beats it was more so Hey, okay, wow! I got ten beats, and I I didn't overthink things. Let, let me go to twenty. Let me go to thirty. So, and really, I just wanted to put the beats in his hands, so he could because he works extremely fast. And I don't think a lot of people we've never really spoken about it, but the difference between he and I, it's like that there, there are things that he that he likes to take his time with. But between the both of us, uh, I don't mind spending a month on something where where he. He'll, he'll do a song in 30 minutes and I'm not kidding. He'll write the song, wow. record the song. I'll send, I could send him a beat and I have a mixed arranged song in like two, two, three hours. And then, and then he'll go about his business and do something completely different. Then I send him another beat. He'll do it again. So I got to be able to keep up with him. So I, I have to strip some things down or, or, or modify my process with, with something that's, that makes me feel proud of, okay, I'm at the machine. I'm, I'm trying to be at my best here, but, let me not stop the train, you know? Well said, man. I could definitely dig it. Now, um, I want to talk about uh, one of the first tracks on this album, uh, Moment of Change. Um, the first, one of the first tracks um, is actually named after, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's called George the Animal, named after the professional wrestler, of the seventies and eighties, right? That era. What inspired y'all to name the track after after him? That beat was so wild. <laughs> the beat was so wild, and <laughs> I heard it. Uh, I grew up watching a lot of wrestling because my older brothers were really into it. My older brother John, shout out to John. Uh, he is super into it even to this day. And so I, I was like, I want to give this a title that's going to make him laugh when he hears it. You know what I mean? And I don't know, it just, I kind of came in 
Damn, we had this wild intro. I don't even know what was going on at the beginning, but once the beat dropped, it has this guy's voice that's going like, ooh, and he's doing something. I'm just like, that's George the Animal still, dude. Like, that's, yeah, like, that dude was wild. He bite the turntable. I mean, bite the turnbuckle, chase uh, Miss Elizabeth around the ring and stuff. So I was just like, let me just do this crazy song while I kind of wild out with the rhymes, you know, my old school rapid fire style I get from Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Like, I could just dive into that. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, for some reason, homage to George the Animal still. And, uh, yeah, it was just a real fun hop off the turn, t- uh, keep on turntable, hop off the turnbuckle type of rap, you know what I mean? And go off for a minute. Yeah, man. I noticed that like your 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 rhymes and your flow is like really like upbeat and you're kind of like almost sounds like you're scatting, you know, over the beat in rhyme form, like in rap form. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty like um upbeat way to start the project. And I noticed that, you know, like apparently once that track comes on. Um Yeah, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of yeah. energy in that. I like that, you know. Yep. What's interesting about a lot of the songs on um, Moment of Change, as you guys can notice, I'm talking about Moment of Change first, um, is that there's an interlude at the beginning and sometimes at the end of most of the tracks where you hear a guy like, you know, very briefly talking about going back to a particular time, a time of the classics, remembering a certain era. And the interludes you know, sound like they're excerpts from like an old television show or whatever. What was your purpose for including these interludes, you know, um, at the beginning, at the end of some of these tracks? Uh, that was, I guess, Raw Poetic came up with all the names and uh, most of the concepts. Well, yeah, all the concepts for the beats. But uh, yeah, it's when I get the tracks back, it's my job to do the sequencing and that's the fun part, you know, just to, to do the final production or executive production. Um, so, yeah, I guess the, the most of the interludes are there just to kind of support the concept or the title of the album, the vibe of the album, mm-hmm. um, segue. And um, so so it just doesn't it no longer sounds like a collection of songs. It, you mm. know, it, it, as short as it is, it, it, it sounds like a complete idea. Right, um, right, right. So, so a lot of those things, they, they're all sourced from records and it was just combing for sounds and you know I, I love digging for that kind of stuff and <laughs> like a lot of my uh i've probably gone overboard looking for so many different vocal clips but they <laughs> they, they, they really come in handy because I, i'm more album oriented than single oriented so um yeah I'm, I, I'm always proud when i find things that apply to what we're working on got it do the interludes come together to tell sort of like a story because i know at the end like it says something like the uh, the Paramount Paramount show is on the air now, or something like that. Like, is there is there some type of um, sequence happening in terms of the subject matter in the interludes? Oh yeah, most definitely. For the most part, I mean, sometimes it's just to break up, you know, the the rhythms or the textures in between the songs. You know, mm. depending on like like you 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 pointed out earlier, there's a lot of different textures on the album, but uh, you know, just in the beats and the rhythms. But uh, sometimes you know that you know you put those clips in there mm-hmm. and it, it's it's either to i guess close out the idea from the previous song mm. or introduce introduce the next song and and for example that that clip about the paramount well the 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 last track um how to fly 
raw poetics pretty much talking about his life as a soup as a superhero flying mm. through the, the sky so it so I, it needed something epic to, to set up that story and since it's more of a uh you know an audio than, than visual um you know that that introduction from an old classic radio program seemed fitting and plus it, it mentions uh if I'm, if I'm correct it does mention two and not one so that's the both of us mm. nice 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 i would say that I write short stories and Damu turns them into movies. That's how I feel when I hear the album. Like that's now it's a film. Like yeah. he's, a he's not just a producer; he's a director. So it's he does a lot of. I don't know. I'll I'll give him an album, and when he gives it back, I'm like, that's way more than what I gave you, dude. Like that's and so that's part of the enjoyable factor for me, you know. Yeah, I wanted to ask y'all about that too because um that's definitely the vibe that I get with a lot of your music. It sounds very like cinematic you know um so um that's dope that it turns out in that way so one of the standout songs on the project is called is it helio or hello helio because i feel like on Bandcamp it says hello and then on streaming it says helio (laughs) it's supposed to be helio okay okay helio okay make sure i got it right right now i wrote helio in the book so okay cool so yes um it's called helio and it details a story about uh, a girl named Tamika, who uh-huh. your character, Raw Poetic, speaks about having a relationship with. You mentioned, I think you mentioned in the song, Gone With The Days That You Loved Her. Can you expound yeah. more on what's actually happening with this relationship in the song <laughs> and what your character ultimately learns from this experience with Tamika? Tamika is a mix of probably every girl I like. It never worked out. I'm still single. But <laughs> it's a mixture of every girl I like. Tamika uh, was the first girl I had a crush on in second grade in Philadelphia at a school called Lotus Academy. I don't know where she is today, but I know she had the baby. It was like classic black girl. She had all the baby hair tacked to her forehead and everything. So the concept of the song was like, what if I met Tamika today? Mm. With all the luggage that you get from over the years, from dating different people and everything. You know what I mean? And like in the story, she's still innocent because I knew her from second grade. So I'm thinking of like, well, we're both whatever age we are now, you know what I mean? And all I know is my own corruption. So I'm taking her out to church and everything else. I'm like, yo, come go hiking and, you know, do all the, you know, stuff that people do in their 20s and 30s, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, and I'm just kind of comparing it to, like I said, girls I've met over the year without you know any disrespect but just like you know it's uh you know this is life in the city this is life in the suburbs like this is you know these are the different experiences we go through and so uh you know it's it was just it was just a big imaginative story you know of uh almost looking at your innocence you know and it meeting your presence and how they will work out together nice nice yeah, it's one of the standout tracks for me because it reminds me of like um I forget what um Tribe Call Quest record it is. It might be Bonita Apple Bum like but like it, it has that kind of like, you know, that feel to it, that vibe to it. I feel you. I, I get a native tongues feel yeah. from it too. And it was definitely like I mean, even the style used in it was very uh, Q-tip influence, you know, bumped into a, bumped into Tamika. She's a good freak of right. five seven. You know what I mean? You just kind of got that Q-tip old school bounce from like, uh, what is it? Instinctive travels. You know right. what I mean? So 
Uh, yeah, it definitely has a callback to that. Yeah. Dope, dope. So the ma- majority of the songs on the album are over three minutes long. And I, you know, I spoke about the duration of the songs a little earlier. Like, that's pretty long for a lot of hip hop music projects that I hear today, like track for track. Like there's a lot of projects like you were talking about the minimal production. Um, Damu There's a lot of projects that got like two minute songs, like one after the next. Um, nothing yet. <laughs> but I know, I noticed that a lot of your music is like, yo, you got, I think you got a track on there. That's like, like, I don't know, maybe pushing like eight minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. How did the music on the album end up with those duration outcomes? Um, you, you you can take this away. Um, you know, so like again, that one makes like I said, he makes movies, so he'll send me a piece, and it'll just have so many different levels to it. Sometimes I want to uh, attack every one, and. When I'm writing, I don't really think about, um, all right, like how are we gonna sell this? That never comes in my head when I'm writing it. I'm just like, all right, we're we're working on the story right here. I'm writing a script for this this movie right here, and I start writing, and then sometimes it'll just kind of go along into something else, and I'm just like, then it becomes this ping pong game in my head. It was like, well, Jay, got to be catchy, man. They gotta want to hear it if you're gonna go this long, you know, and. Um, you know, like we're not. I say this: we're. I don't see us as people like you're not going to hear us on the same station as the baby and everything else. So I don't have to compete with those guys. No disrespect to them; they're doing their thing. But I don't have to compete with them. So I'm like, if I want to do, if the song's going to end up being ten minutes, if that's what it takes, that's how long it takes to get across the story. Cool. Let's 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 do it. Let's give. Sometimes I look at it like. Oh, how long is your drive to work? 15 minutes? This one is 15 minutes. Right. This one, you know, get the whole vibe, get the whole energy. But it's all about the story for me. Like, if the story takes that long to tell, then that's just how it goes, you know? I did. Um, it's a new philosophy, you know? Welcome to a new philosophy. It's a new philosophy on, on performing music, you know what I mean? Uh, when we get back out there, when we start doing shows, it will be a new approach to shows. You know, you're not going yeah. there for the two minute song no more. Now you're going there for the full experience of this one. Yeah. You're going to jam. So, you know. I like how y'all just kind of take a very free flowing approach, you know, and just kind of let it take you where it takes you. Um, but I also appreciate the fact that you're giving us a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? In terms of the song. And I know most songs are not like you rapping for like eight minutes. It's like, you know, there's like, you know, maybe you singing throughout the song yeah. or, you know, you letting the beat ride out, but it's pretty cool to see us still get like full projects <laughs> with like yeah. full songs, you know? Um, I think we just kind of groove in our own lane, yeah, you know, yeah. everybody's invited, you know what I mean? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And it has like that free jazz kind of vibe too, in terms yeah. of the outcome. Yeah. So, um, speaking of like song length, um, the track, no Valentine, no Valentine, is like over eight minutes long. I think that was the track I was talking about. Yeah. And in the majority of the song, you're singing or chanting a set of some words repeatedly that actually flow pretty well with the instrumental. But mm-hmm. I got to say, I cannot make out exactly what the words are. Can you tell us what you're actually singing on the track? Um, like, I think the sound goes something like, no walls in here at all. Hey, 
Oh, yeah. something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I could be saying, I could be butchering the words. No, but I'm yeah, curious I, I, I knew know. it earlier. I was listening to it and I knew it. And I just forgot it again when you brought it up because everything, all of that was improvised. Wow. So he just gave me the song and I just started like, so if you peep it, it's about five bars. Okay. The whole song. And it's like an eight minute song, but it's like five bars. Okay. Um, and I keep saying it in a different way to show how I get over a relationship. And I just keep going over the same thing in my head. Why did this happen? Why did... But I'm saying it in different ways to show how I'm evolving my thought. So every time I say the bars, I say it a little bit different because I feel a little bit different every day that I'm getting over the relationship. Mm. And so then the hook, uh, no something at all is what I'm saying. You know, like no good at all or something like that. It's like, it's not good for you. It's something like that that I'm saying, like just chanting it to myself. So yeah, I just kind of improvised it. And um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was just like a kind of a call out to really anybody who's going through a breakup. Like, yeah, we go through this stuff in our head. Just, you know. Got it, got it. Yeah. You know, I had to ask you that, right? I mean, for a song to be almost nine minutes long, I kind of want to know what you're saying over and over. Even though there's a part where you're actually, I think you're rapping like for a small part in the song. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just like, yeah. But thanks for yeah. the, the breakdown of, of, of what you meant. <laughs> yeah, you know, critical condition of relationship beatdown. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. <laughs> just kind of beat yourself over the head with it. You know, say la big. Dope, dope. So um, I think uh, Damu mentioned this song earlier to Chandelier, uh, which is track number seven. Like, why did you guys choose to title it Chandelier? Like, how and, and, and you know, what does this title, this title's Chandelier have to do with the lyrics in the song? Oh, uh, that was all raw poetic. I actually, like, when, I, when he first sent me the uh, the demo, I was thinking, man, this just sounds like, this sounds like unpacking. And, and he said, ah, oh, that's exactly what we're going to call it. <laughs> and, then, and then when I actually got, when I got the the session, it was like chandelier. So we just, we just left it as that. So he, he can further elaborate. Okay. Yeah. Tell me how'd you go from unpacking to chandelier? Uh, it was, it's something about swinging from a chandelier. I see in movies and the chandelier always crashes and just kind of, kind of scattered chaos, you know? Uh, you take like a beautiful, beautiful, shiny thing, and then it falls in a shattered chaos. And um, so at some points, I'm talking about like, again, like I'm getting out of the whole relationship thing. And then I think kind of my anger of what was going on at the time, a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement was going on and everything. And it's just kind of like, uh, it was kind of like when you look at a chandelier, it's very reflective on all sides you look, you know, mm -hmm. like with the windows and the mirrors that I had. So um, it's very reflective and it's like just like seeing everything all at once in the chandelier and it crashes and you see everything. So I just kind of try to attack everything at the splash, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, um, I got on some basketball players in that. I felt bad, when I, <laughs> but then I was like, I don't know who I am. But uh, yeah, because a lot of the basketball players at the time was like, yeah. You know, we got to stand up for each other, but we got to do better ourselves. And I was like, that has nothing to do with what's going on mm -hmm. out here. So Chandelier was, uh, it was kind of like a, an angry song for me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's smooth, I, but I was angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like that track, you're kind of talking about like some of the things that's been happening socially and politically and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, man. It's very social, political uh, angst in there. Um, it talks about can't breathe and suffocation mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was, again, this album came out of the town. I think the album dropped it around the time of Ahmaud Arbery. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was, it was a lot of stuff just, you know, as a person, I was just, I was just mad at a lot of stuff I was seeing, you know, and it's kind of like the things that my mother was a Panther, my father was, so it's the things that they talked about and we're seeing it in real time, you know, and it's just, it was a lot of, again, it was just reflecting off of everything. There's just like a lot of anger being built up and, you know, Chandelier was just kind of looking at it through a beautiful view, but mm. it's still messed up, you mm. know. Got it, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for asking about that song because that's actually my my personal favorite from uh from that record. Uh, I mean, it was it was that that was the one where it was like, okay, I, I you know I, I stripped everything down, but this one I'm not gonna do that on. So as I told him in advance, hey, this is the Dahmer one. <laughs> you know, so no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, man, this this like I said, the the album it has. It has like a like a nice mixture of like some some upbeat funky records and then there's some like really laid back records, but there's a lot of emotions on the project as you kind of like experience it, you know, from beginning to end. Now, the last track entitled How to Fly is another standout um song in my opinion. Um and it has a very optimistic vibe in terms of the sound. I noticed that there are like a few interesting beat change ups on the song that make it more intriguing and exciting. Um, and I feel like some of the samples kind of remind me of, um, or maybe it's the first sample. It kind of reminds me of like the stuff that Madlib did with beat conductor in India. Like you kind of hear those kinds of sounds. Um, can you talk about how you constructed this instrumental Damu for it to play out, you know, in the way, that it did kind of like the overall effect and and to close out you to, to actually close out the album um well yeah I, I mean i guess as far as closing out the album you know i sit there when i listen to all the vibes i you know play a b everything c d you know and so forth um and i and and as i said originally he had dozens of beats to choose from so this is and then those the beats that weren't using this record ended up somewhere else mm. but these were the first songs that i got from that batch so so i'm hearing them okay he he, he cho raw poetic chose this one oh you like this one we did this oh he did a song of this one so at that point i'm narrowing everything down and you know with the opening song george the animal you know it's energetic it, and it has that crazy intro and and uh and then going from song track to track it's just trying to balance everything out just as a listener but i'm also it, I saw it as a DJ, so I'm always just thinking about everything consistent and taking things on a journey and, and just a fan of albums. Um, so, yeah, when it came to How to Fly, you know, it had like this triumphant, somewhat curious yeah. yet optimistic yeah. vibe to it. And and also, you know, it, it opens on a very high note, but it can also close on a on a it, it can close on a high note, but it can also leave the listener wanting more. You know, yeah. like, oh man, you know, dang, the album's off. So I, I, that's that's pretty much the vibe I was going for, as far as choosing that song last, and as far as I guess picking the samples. Um, at the time I was just going through records, and it's funny, you, you know, you mentioned Madlib, and uh, you know, like 
he's 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 definitely one of the more prominent and, and one of the best that actually do more of you know the loops and you know minimalist stuff and he's been doing it for years so you know i guess sometimes hip-hop can be very segregated as in like you know you have people that like this style of hip-hop they only want to hear quote-unquote boom bap or jazzy this or it's not hard enough or it's not progressive enough you know it's you know it's it's too dirt you know so everybody's got that so i think because i've created this i guess aesthetic or this sound that based on the catalog that people have heard to date this was an opportunity because i can make stripped down stuff and just use loops and just kind of let the samples breathe you know this was an opportunity to do that and, and how to fly was one of those records where i just you know i heard it it was like okay i'm, I'm not gonna add any drums i'm just gonna let raw poetic tell a story and and then whatever he gives back i'll, I'll just produce around that with the sample it and then use some 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 modern or, or more recent production techniques that seem to uh be working for uh some of the other acts just as just to show i guess my audience or better yet try to expand and, and get some new uh get some new listeners um yeah yeah just moving in a different direction so yeah man i you know I, what i thought was dope about the track was like you you can kind of see yourself experimenting with the minimalist production as well as the layered you know like there's it's it's all happening on the same track like i think you start off with the first sample um and then and then i guess when raw poetic starts rhyming then you strip it away and then you just hear like the bass line and then you bring another sample another vocal sample in and it's just like cool like it it, it gives you that feel that you get like when you know, when you hear so many, like, songs where um, there's so many bit, beat change-ups, it makes you more excited about the song as you continue to listen. And I think that um, that um, that impression came to be with this particular track. Well, thank you. That's actually, a, it's, it's funny you point that out. Actually, uh, you know, I, I would say, uh, I mean, I think everybody here is a big, a Wu-Tang fan so yeah. um you know those those are some of the techniques that I picked up you know listening to RZA you know you listen to Liquid Swords and you know he, he was, it's pretty much just stacking and layering things yeah. and um, you know you know from the filtering that, that happened in the late 80s to how that evolved and then you know with, with engineers like Bob Power and so forth that uh, that uh really changed the the, the sound of, of hip-hop um that particular song like I was just filtering samples and trying to playing around with different frequencies just to make things sound more interesting, but also saying, okay, hey, let me not, hey, I, I, can, I can take the bottom out. You're just going to hear the transients and snares and the hi-hat mm -hmm. and, and then put the bass underneath. Or, hey, the, the vocals are interesting. Let me try to accentuate those. You know, previously I would have said, ah, you know, I like this bass line, but I, I can find another bass line and put that underneath. Or, hey, I like these vocals. Let me filter those. Let me go find, you know, 50 other records, you know, this one, I really just said, you know what? It's done. It's a song, mm. and I'm, I'm good with it, you know? Dope, dope. So um, I wanted to, um, like, shift gears to talk a little bit about the project that um, you guys also released last year with uh, legendary jazz artist, saxophonist uh, Archie Shep, who also happens to be your uncle, Raw Poetic, <laughs> which is dope. Um, yeah. The album is titled Ocean Bridges. Um, with you guys, music already being sort of like an instrumental hip-hop sound in itself, and your uncle, uh, you know, being an avant-garde jazz musician, 
How did y'all envision what y'all wanted this album to sound like coming together? Ocean Bridges. I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was really an envisioning thing. I think we. Um, I mean, a lot of that album is raw. It's, it's, it's we got in the studio. We got our guys. You know, um, he was saying he could. I remember he said to us, he's like, you know, I could get one of my drummers. And I and we were talking. It was like, yeah, Dominic plays drums. He's like, well, you play the drums. Then. You know, it's just like, okay. Uh, it's like, all right. So we brought our guys in. Uh, some of my guys were even nervous to come in. Like, I can't play with Archie. I was like, man, just do what you do, like we always did back in the day, and just play the set. And like, we went in there and we played it. And then, um, yeah, I just had to kind of like pick out parts and arrange it, and and put my vocals on top and. I let Damu do the rest, and it was like, it was a very raw form album. Mm. I learned a lot from him from that, because that's what he does. You right. get in the studio and rock out, you know? Wow, wow. Like, did he, um like, express to you um what, you know, what what um his experience was, like, being able to create with you all? Like, how, how did he feel about the... um? the creation process for this project? I know he had a good time. I mm. uh, really liked all the musicians who were there. Uh, when I talked to him still, when he asked about everybody, he asked about everybody by name. You know, I mean, he's an 84-year-old dude. He remembers everybody who was in the studio that day, you know? Wow. Um, and I know that, like, the, the one thing he stressed to me is like, I'm not really worried about my money, Jason, but make, make sure all the guys get paid. You got you to gotta take care of you guys, you know? And so... It was like, I was like, yeah, I don't got you. I, I got you. Like, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it, you know? So um, he was just all about making sure everybody got taken care of. Um, there's another Archie one coming one day, too. It's, it's, nice. it's, we, laid, we laid a lot of stuff. Which, dope, dope. And that one's totally different from this one. So you'll see when it comes out. But, yeah. Got it, got it. Why do you think, uh, and I know because I, I know you've been doing music for a long time. Why do you think it's taken so long or it's taking i guess this amount of time for that kind of project to materialize with him like that collaboration yeah i think i think part of it is that you know my uncle's in um paris you know right. so he's out there and when he comes back he's in massachusetts and i don't really get up to massachusetts very often um when he does when he the times he has come out here that wasn't the first time i recorded with him okay but i think that uh you know over the years i mean this is a guy who's got 80, you know, what, like 70 years of playing music. Right. And he, and he was schooled by John Coltrane. So I think he looked at me as like, and you got a lot to learn, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was one of those things that um, my mom had been pushing us to do that for wow. a long time. You know, she's like, you guys got to work together. You know, you're so much alike. You got to work together. And uh, it was fun. I mean, like, when we finally did get together, like, I did learn, like, oh, we are a lot alike just when we talked about life stuff and everything. Wow. Like, I didn't realize I had so much in common with him, you know. What's the biggest um, inspiration you've gotten from him or words of wisdom you've gotten from him as a musician, musician to musician? Um, I think the main thing is, is, is to keep practicing. You know, like when, when Archie, uh, when he's not playing, I mean, he still practices like eight hours a day or something. I mean, mm. he, he gets up, you know, he eats and plays that sax, like, you're always perfecting your craft. So, like, for me, I try to, I mean, I try to produce stuff, so I, I try to play a lot of different instruments and 
not a master at any, you know, so I got to keep practicing. But rhyming, I'm pretty damn good at. But it's still, it's like, it's always a new style. It's always a better way to say what you said. It's always a trickier way to put the words together, you know? So um, it's always a better way to tell a story. So for me, it's always like, well, you know, uh, next story got to be better than the last. So every day I, I practice, you know, I work on it. You know what's really dope about you as an MC, you know, as you, as you, you know, you talk about your your rhyming experience is like when i listen to you you um your 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 delivery is 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 a, a little unique in terms of what i'm used to hearing like you tend to do a lot of i don't want to you i don't want to say just complete singing but there's a lot of like melody happening within your your rhyme pocket right um and um it, and sometimes it comes in across of you kind of singing or chanting um but i noticed that you um and you're also very um you're like you're not scared of like experimenting with different types of sounds right like where does that inspiration come from like are there like any mcs that you listened to back in the days that kind of inspired that approach to rhyming I think there's definitely some influences, you know what I mean? Uh, Slim Kid Trey from Farside. Mm. Uh, he was doing that way before me. So I, I, I definitely can't say I started it. Um, and then, you know, most Def has done it a bit. Uh, Lauren Hill did it to a certain degree. Uh, mine mainly came from, um, you know, I grew up in Virginia. Uh, Fairfax, Virginia, and then when I started doing shows, I used to like party at like 16 years old. I would go to down to uh, JMU, and uh, that's how I met a lot of the guys in my band. And I would play songs with them, so I was playing with a lot of musicians that it, I was required to kind of make it melodic for the kids in the audience who didn't really understand hip hop. And so I would kind of do a singing style. And I mean, you can pinpoint the first time I did it. It's a song called Poetry Bump. Uh, my friend Pat, um, who I mentioned earlier, his old voicemail was this guitar riff. And I was like, I think I got a, a rap that will go with that. Mm. I was like, I kind of sing it, you know? And he was like, word, let's try it. And it became our biggest song with RPM, you know? And from there I was like, oh, there's something like, I, I can I can do a lot of different things with this and allows me to take a style to a totally different degree. You know, I think for some hip hop listeners, they want straight ahead and we have songs like that. But when I would like to branch out, sometimes I use it to kind of branch out and go wherever, you know, yeah. wherever the vine takes me. I think your vocals tend to match the melody of the instrumentals a lot of times. Like it just kind of like flows. Like yeah, I find that it's, it's hard for when people try to remix the songs, it's hard for them to just put my verse on any beat. Right, right. Got to figure out, well, what's the note that he's going? Like, what is he doing here? You know? So, Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an advantage and disadvantage at times, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's one of those things that you, um, if you're a casual, casual listener, you might take it for granted, but the more you listen, you start to realize how, how dope and impactful it is. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, the latest project, um, that you guys put out like, what is it like in June, like just last month? Um, entitled Big Tiny Planet. It's a five-song EP, but they're definitely full songs. <laughs> Every track is at least over four minutes. 
And um, the Bandcamp description says that the project is a short adventure through time. Can you tell us how that adventure is supposed to translate to the listener as they experience the music? Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's again, it's, it's it's like a it's like a short it's a short film. You know what I mean? Narrated narrated by me, directed by Damu. You know, and um, it's just uh, each I, I feel like it takes you through a course of emotions over what 25 minutes about you know what i mean it's just and like so i think uh again i think it's a drive time i call it a drive time album it's one of my drive time albums you gotta go to work you want to just get away from the world you know what i mean and be in your own world that's the tiny planet you know what i mean and you just drive and go you know what i mean uh don't don't take it too seriously just whatever you're feeling just let it mesh with the music and flow with it you know yeah, I get the vibe that this is a project that um, you could literally be like, you know, cleaning up your house on a Saturday, you know what I mean? Vacuuming and, yeah. or, you know, maybe just if you're into like sketching or drawing, whatever you can, you know, whatever you're doing where you're, you're maybe paying attention to something else, but you're still listening to music. It gives you yeah. that, it, it, it gives a vibe that you're not, you might not be like fully cognizant of everything you're saying, but it gives, still gives off a, a complete vibe. Yeah, I think it's a lot of uh, I think it's a lot of different vibes in there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's uh, that one has a lot of the singing the singy yeah. song type styles in it. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's, it's I think it's a lot of stuff that you can get from it. Uh, Human kindness probably is one of my favorite tracks on it. You know, yeah. uh, we just released that single uh, this week, and again, that's another one. Most of that song is improv. The only part that's not improv is the rap in the middle. You know, got but it, got it. Singing, I was, you know, I was being emotional. <laughs> I started singing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, you know I ain't even going to change it. I'm just going to leave it at that, you know? Uh, How do you, I don't know if this question would make full sense to you, but I'll, I'll go for it. Um, how, how do, like, what sets the tone for your improvs? Like, what creates that mindset that pushes into the improvs? Well, it depends on the song. I think on that, sometimes I'll be writing a rhyme, and as I'm writing a rhyme and I'm working out the style I'm going to do, I'll start singing a melody, and when I start singing a melody, the words will just be there sometimes. Mm. You know? And so instead of just, like, overthinking the words, I'm just like, let me just say the words while they're in my head. And then if it makes sense to me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to base the rest of the song around these words I just said mm. because they're explaining exactly what I'm feeling. You know, Got and it. that's when I write the rest, but some of it will be improv. That one was based off of uh, the key riff I was playing over here on my wallet, sir. And the riff was just kind of, it was very soulful. I mean, Human Kindness, the title was taken from a Nina Simone song. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, uh, I think it's going to rain again. I think, I don't forget what the name of the song is, but in the song she says, Human Kindness is taking over and I think it's going to rain today, or, you know? And, um, I just loved the, the line. I was mm-hmm. like, human kindness. And I want to, you know, just talk about, you know, being kind to each other. Yeah. As it sounds, you know what I mean? It's like, let's, let's talk about that, you know? So. Yeah. Dope, dope. I want to come back to that track too. Um, but I, I'm glad that you kind of broke down a little bit about it. Um, now the project says featuring Damu the Fudge Monk, but 
I'm not sure that every track is actually like fully produced by Damu. And I think he there's some other things specifically that you do. Can you kind of give details of your specific contributions to this project, Damu? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on every track. Oh, um, okay. But but and that's why that's why the featuring is on the cover versus just you know I guess specific to any tracks. Mm. Um, it's I guess it's probably even a, a bit further than say uh, like an Iron Man or Cuban Links. You know, I'm I'm pretty much on every featured on every song, more okay. like like how jazz musicians do. You know, got it. Um, so yeah, I mean all, all of the music there, all most of the ideas, they're all j- uh, raw poetics original compositions he produced everything he and then he pretty much was like okay it's ready for you, you know and then that's and then i listen i said okay what can i add you know what type of musical arrangements okay this needs some string arrangements this need i need to beef up the drums here so you know it was uh i mean definitely a joint project but also yeah. uh something that, that we want to credit to raw poetic as a solo artist um just to more so show you know his his skill set which is you know very broad um but yeah i mean it's fun and and i think just in general there's, there's a lot of music that we have in the works of things that we've done where um you know it may say produced by me it may say produced by raw poetic or featuring and yeah we're, we're very hands-on you know it's, it's it's definitely a 50 50 um contribution uh so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to talk about the rest of the songs and on the album, but uh, just yeah, the lot all the drum breaks, the most of the drum programming or additional drum programming, uh, some and then I also did some of the arrangements and uh, yeah, add some some live instruments of my own, the segues and things, the the interlude kind of pieces. That's that's all me. Nice, nice. Speaking of interlude, like um, there's a sound that starts off the album. It's like the first five to six seconds on the first track. Okay. It sounds like it could be like an alarm clock or some type of siren. Like what was the reasoning for starting with that sound? But that was, uh, that was actually me manipulating the record. Um, mm, the thing is it was a buzz and, uh, just like a buzz tone. And I, and I just, I guess I heard, heard it. And, and generally when people send me stuff to add things to or do cuts or, Hey, can you mix this? Or, you know, I, I sit and I listen to it and then I just make a, a big sheet of notes and okay, I need this kind of tone. I need this type of instrument. I'm, I'm going to put these drums here, or do this cut. So uh, pretty much I found a, a nice buzz tone that I could just cut up and just add some flavor in the same way that Raw Poetic likes to improv. I think it's very important. Although I didn't want to go too heavy with the scratching here because I didn't, I didn't want to make it too hip hop. I, when I do cuts, I like to, I do like to make the musical, but, when it comes to what I do, generally it's because I'm, you know, sitting behind a beat machine or a, uh, you know, a computer or whatever it is to, you know, to get my ideas across. Having something that people like that actually can feel, I feel like scratching is extremely important in, you know, quote unquote hip hop music or, or music that that uses turntables, you know, because, uh, or better yet, improv. You know, a lot of that has been, I guess, removed from hip hop. You know mm-hmm. the the more technology has stepped in. So um, I, I look at the scratch like a guitar solo or a sax solo and jazz or a guitar solo and rock. So putting it on these records, is, it's kind of a, it's it's a requirement and also a way that, uh, you know, when I'm dead and gone, people will be able to feel my presence. Um, but musically, that, that idea was something that came to mind specifically for that track. 
I was wondering that too. <laughs> yeah, that but that's just me manipulating Fado and just trying to yeah. emulate the horn or yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, it um you know the 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 project has sort of like a uh like a cosmic sound to it, you know. Um and I noticed like when I thought about that introduction sound, like I was wondering if it had anything to do with the the you know, the big planet theme and this theme of like the universe and stuff like that. Um but yeah, it was interesting. It, it was definitely um something that you recognize, you know, um even though it's very short. It's like I said, it's like five seconds, the first five or six seconds. Well, well, it's funny you bring that point up, and that's why that's actually why I soloed it at the mm. beginning because I because I I wasn't gonna I I didn't want to do I guess a, a traditional introduction to set up the album because it was or the EP, um. But I felt like okay, I do have this featured throughout the track, but soloing it does set it does set the album off with just mm. like a, a note or a tone and. Uh, the, the texture itself does apply to the theme of the album. Right. So it's dope, it's dope that you picked up on that. But yes, th that was all done by design. Nice, nice. Yeah, I noticed that as I, you know, you know, you you get it after you listen through to the project. Um, so I want to talk about the first song on the EP. Um, the song is actually titled Big Tiny Universe, while the project is called Big Tiny Planet. Um, and it opens up with some pretty dense lines of yours raw poetic where you you know um I, I wanted to ask you like what were you trying to convey with the first few lines with the idea of you know this sparked match evaporating into flames and falling towards the grass you know <laughs> with the idea of breathing life again and so forth like why was it important for you to open the song with that concept of what's happening with the falling match um it was kind of like lighting up a universe that you can't see. There's no light, you know? And so once the match is sparked, it's like, oh, life is somewhere around here, it falls and then it spreads, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, I'm inviting you, it's called Big Tiny Universe, because the universe of course starts with nothing, but I'm inviting you to this planet. So it's like the match is kind of falling and creating a planet real quick. And it's like, now you're in this planet. I was, you know, I get on my psychedelic things. <laughs> so it was a uh, very, it was a big metaphor of like I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture of a person seeing a planet for the first time, but like from coming from space, you know what I mean, and seeing it, you know what I mean, and you know once you break the atmosphere, the plane, you know your ship sets on fire and it's like you hit the ground and you know you see oh wow it's a whole bunch of stuff all around me here like it's already here you know yeah and so like kind of inviting you to the album like yeah you're coming into a, a, a tiny planet here you know wow. I'm glad that you broke that down, man. Cause like I said, the lyrics were dense. So I'm like, I'm listening and I, it gets to a place where I'm like, I can't even make out some of what you're saying, but I, I, I know it's, it yeah. has, it has a meaning, a greater meaning to it. You know, that's right. what I wanted to ask but you. you felt it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like about the feel of it's about the feel. And you know, just, it's a lot of Carl Sagan and, you know, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson and just being a science nerd and everything. You know, I, I like to read all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Ken was a short story writer that I, I, I read, and uh, his stories are very, you know, out there, you know. And right. I just sometimes I'm like, all right, let me do a rhyme that can match what these guys are talking about, you know what I mean? But, right. In our form, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, um, Damu, like I said earlier, the, 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 the music on that project gives us sort of like a cosmic experience in terms of the sound. Can you um, talk about how you were able to source the type of sounds that would have this type of effect on the project? Well, uh, actually, that's, I guess that's a, it's a 50-50 thing. So pretty much, you know, Raw Poetic produced and composed these most all, all the music or 75 80 percent of the music there was uh all of his compositions and you know we and he's playing all the instruments so um a lot of it was just finding the right finding the right sounds i i did there are some samples more so drums and a few uh live um scratches in there but uh i guess the the versions that i got from raw poetic they were okay you know there's strings there's you know there's bass lines there's there's synthesizers and things okay how can i produce or, or accentuate those tones you know to make them sound a bit more organic or just kind of give them their color where they fit into this album you know so then from there it was like all right i think i've got a good i got a good space a good recording environment for these things now i can go and add my things so you know that's where i'm playing a lot of the electric pianos and the synthesizers and things and, and at that point the, the the ep titles already been communicated so i, I knew we weren't going to go too far you know get get to star trek with this but uh given that we both have interest in the universe and, and galactics you know right. galaxy and so forth so it's a reoccurring theme in a lot of our music or nature and you know that, that kind of thing um I, yeah i just wanted to source textures and things that really uh highlighted the songs but more so highlighted the whole album mm-hmm. versus just like a collection of because that's the thing the uh the, every song <laughs> It's so different from one another. Yeah. The the extra textures needed to be the glue to make it all make sense. Mm, that's a good point. Cause I I hear you on that. Like every sound is different, but collectively they all work. Like you know what I'm saying. Like cohesively they work, which I think is a is a dope thing. Um, I I think for you guys to even hear back as a listener, right? Cause I I feel like that is kind of what you were looking for too, like for it to, because it's supposed to, you know, be an adventure, like, you know, you're experiencing this. It definitely comes together cohesively. So those little parts that you, 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 you put in to kind of tie everything together. I think they really worked out well in the end. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Just, just to go a bit further. So, yeah, I mean, as far as tying each song together, you know, I, I, I may have listened to, okay, you know, this song is in this key. I kind of want things to be able to segue into another idea. Let, so, okay, now we need a piece to modulate, you know, to change the keys or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, either change the, the tempo or the next song is going to change or it needs, you know, something rhythmically to take place to set up the next song. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, a lot of those ideas just came from vibing with, with, with his original ideas. And, and yeah, I think just over the last couple of years, he's really been, he's really developed as a producer. And, you know, I've, I've, he's, he showed me a lot of things, you know, we, we've been trading a lot of secrets. So uh, he, he can definitely tell you more about, you know, how he found and, and chose some of those uh, combinations of instruments and things. That's what's up. And I, I always defer to Damu for the arrangement of the songs. I'll just give Damu the songs. I'm like, I think this is the album. You know, and then he's like, okay, he's like, well, and then I let him do his thing and he gives it back. He's like, what do you think about this arrangement? He's, again, I get the movie back. And I'm like, hey, good movie. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy listening to that. You know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. 
speaking of movie, like, I feel like this this project, and I mean some of your other projects, but this project in specific sounds like it could be the soundtrack to, like, a sci-fi movie or something. Like, have y'all thought of, like, or have y'all had any, like, conversations about seeing the music in that format for this project? I, mean, I would love to. I think, uh, you know, the more exposure it gets, the more possibility it has to being that for somebody who's listening. I mean, a lot of these guys, like Seth Rogen and all those guys, they love underground hip hop. So if they just if they stumble on it and they're like, this would be perfect for a yeah. movie. Yeah, by all means, I would love to see it in there. Uh, I think we think very cinematically. Uh, my cousin, Point Blizzy, uh, Steve Knox, he does a lot of amazing art. He did the um, the album cover. Okay. With the crashing into the world, you know what I mean? And it's like, he did that like 15 years ago. And I was writing this album. It was like, dude, that picture you drew way back in the day, I could use that for this album, you know what I mean? So... I'm always thinking visually of how it looks. Yeah. So I feel the same way. I would love to have this in some kind of science fiction movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely gives me that vibe as I as I listen to it. Um, so I want to go back to Human Kindness, that track. Um, I know you you guys just released it on on like on streaming platforms. It's available yeah. now as a single on the streaming platforms. Um this is another track where um, you're saying some some you're singing some words, and I'm like, man, I, I wish I knew what he was saying, you know. <laughs> like I get some of it, but I don't get all of it. So yeah. I'm just gonna ask you again, and it, it, whatever you can remember, um, can you kind of like recite um, what the words are like in the? Um, I think you say something like "saw you once, go yeah. saw you Brilliant. once," you know, like can you like. Yeah. Explain what it is you're saying and like um, how it relates to the um, the overall message of the song. The overall message uh, is kind of a connection with your spirit and your soul. You know what I mean? So like the rhyme is human kindness is overflowing, fell in love, but she'll never know it. You know, it's like talking about actually being in love with somebody, but you didn't tell them. So this is your chance to tell them, you know what I mean? Mm, okay. love them, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's just kind of make, making that connection to who you really are, as opposed to what you show people, you know what I mean? And opening up, not, not being afraid to be vulnerable. Okay. You know? So I think that's why I chose to keep the improv lyrics for it. Ah, okay. Because it's like, that's just, honestly like what i sound like when i'm not you know putting too much thought behind it you know what i mean it's just what i am you know so um you know i mean if you play that i can it's funny i can hear myself i'm like oh i said this. <laughs> you know what i mean i just haven't written it down yet it's oh, still okay like, okay yeah like right now like this is human kindness this is just the verse of human kindness wow you know? but the uh, hook none of it's written you know what i mean wow just, okay like, i mean yeah. Man, I don't know if I could play it right now, but I, it sounds like yeah. you're saying, and you could correct me on this because I want you to. Um, How about sounds, I send it to you? I'll listen to it and I'll transcribe and I'll send it to you. Like, that's cool. That's cool. Um, it sounds like you're saying "saw you once," ghost, uh -huh. gross. That's what I say. Oh, gross. Grow. Oh, okay, gross. gross. And no, then you froze. said I froze. Yeah. Then you said froze. Yeah. Saw you once. Froze. Right. 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 Yeah. And then it says, it sounds like you're saying, I don't know if you, it sounds like you said ghost at first, but I heard froze the second time. Yeah. And then you said, um, I don't know, yeah. 
Yeah, then you said, in my life. And like you're time. pausing time. And you go, there's no sun. Shine. Shine. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's 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 a lot going on. Um, <laughs> but um Yeah, in my lifetime, there's no sunshine. I mean, like, you know, even saying that, that's like warmth, like, you know what I mean? Like uh growing up in a dysfunctional household, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's yeah. no sunshine, you know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of hard to open yourself up, you know what I mean? It's just right, right. Yeah. yeah. Does your improv, like when you do your improv, are you is it happen like in the moment that you're recording or is it you writing it down and then remembering to go back to it? No, a lot of times, like, uh, I mean, I go through, I was just talking to Damo about this the other day. Like if I write a beat, you know what I mean? I got to sometimes get away from it for a few days mm. because I need to feel the freshness of it again. You know what I mean? So I won't listen to it or anything. You know what I mean? Then I'll come back and I'll listen. And then when I'm starting to separate it and, you know, putting everything in its proper order, that's when the improv is like, oh, yeah, I'll be singing along. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, you know, <laughs> I gotta. I grab the mic and I'm like, I gotta record this real quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I was gonna ask you like, how do you know like, oh man, I gotta go, like I gotta go record this. Like, how do you know that that moment of like, you know what, that's something I gotta savor. I gotta keep that. A lot of that's just experience. Those catchy yeah. melodies. Yeah. Those catchy melodies they're in the atmosphere, but you don't always catch them. Right. You know what I mean? And like when you overthink it. You keep trying to go back, like, what's that thing that's going to be, like, really sell this song and you can't get it? And that's at the point you got to walk away, you know? So when I catch it, I just do it, you know? And dope, dope. that's the beauty of over the years building your own studio in your house so you can just catch it when it's right there, you know? Dope, dope. Now, the third track uh, has an interesting title. It's named after a, a type of natural disaster and also named after a type of fruit. Um, why'd you choose the title Tornado Apricot? <laughs> Tornado Apricot was uh, it, it, it was it was beautiful chaos to me when I made the beat. So I, I chose that name before I even wrote the lyrics to the song. Mm. Um, it just felt like beautiful chaos. Tornado Apricot was a song that song was written. That the all our album was written in May, but that song was written back in like December or something of last year. Mm. For another album, but it just didn't fit with that album. And so it was kind of lingering. And when I was making Big Tiny Planet, I was like, that sounds like it should have been on this album. So I gave it to Damu thinking, like, I wonder if he'll even like it. And I just wanted to see what he would do with it. And then once he got it, he turned it into something that was like, oh, wow, this song is awesome. Like, and that was one of my favorite songs on the album. You know what I mean? So it uh, it fit. I'm glad it came on this album because I think it really works well with this one. But yeah, that was it. It was, to me, it sounded like Beautiful Chaos. Nice. Name of the album, so yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a fun one to do. Um, yeah. I, it might, that might, it's, it's definitely on the top of my list as far as my picks. Um, but yeah, when I saw the title and then I heard the song, you know, and then I heard his, the original rhythms, that he had, I said, you know what, I, I, I felt like, okay, tornado, storm, and you know, just even uh, the way he, he described it, beautiful chaos. It's, you know, you think about the, you know, the diaspora, so to speak. You know, the slave trade and so forth. It's like, you know, there's so much pain and and dark history that's created a lot of beautiful things. You know, so when you listen to the rhythms in that, you know, I have the wind and the the I'm scratching the tornado and the, the sound effects in there. 
But then I was like, let me let me do something that represents the diaspora. So I added the drums and like, you know, there's the funky drums in there. Then there's the more hand percussion and the Afro-Cuban things and the Western African mm. sound. So, uh, so, yeah, I was trying to kind of tell my own story within that story. Mm. Um, so, time travel oh. element that you added to it, you know, like in the middle of it. That's where like it's full Damu's tornado, and I'm just I'm sitting there listening to it like, how the hell did he do this, man? Because I I feel the whole like you can feel the Caribbean sounds, and like it's just like whoa, like we went we really went somewhere with this one, man. You know, so uh, yeah, that's one of the songs. The feel of it just really gets me every time. Every time I listen to it, I feel like I hear something new in it. You know. Yeah, I, I was thinking about being somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or you know Bermuda Triangle and. You know, just kind of like in the middle of a storm, and then you know, just on tour visiting, you know, all the spirits that have, uh, yeah, that have just passed through. You know, mm. Damu, how do you translate what you visualize into beats or into into Ooh. instrumentals? Uh, well, I guess at this point, it's a it's a habit. Generally, I um. I don't know. I, I think it comes from listening to a lot of music and being a nerd. And as you can see, there's endless, you know, music around me. Um, as far as things that I see and hear, um, I also do a lot of writing, you know, I, and, and rhyming and stuff. I'm, I, I definitely don't do it like raw poetic, but uh, mm. you know, I, I originally started as as a writer, and, and then that evolved into um, making beats. So. Um, so working with someone that's just got an imagination, like raw poetic, it's you know it, it's actually very it's it's really fun, you mm. know because because as I have listened to so much stuff and you know just beyond hip hop and grew up listening to, you know progressive rock and fusion and jazz and just a little bit of everything, um, it, I, I have the opportunity to go so many different places. So it's like when I get just the, just even a word or I'll, I'll throw out a, a title of a song. It's like, oh, I it can sound like this. It can sound like one of our next albums is going to be called um, Horoscope of the Horrible. But it's going to be two words, horror, scope, and horrible. Mm. And this is just an idea that, you know, comes from uh, just everything that's been going going on in the world, you know, the chaos and so forth, and then Raw Poetic being a Taurus. So, you know, coming up with that concept, now I've been building a soundscape you know, just to fit, just to fit that. So just based on those words, I know that I need aggressive tones, dark tones, you know, I'm going to go with more distortion, uh, heavy guitars, you know, bass, uh, more cymbal oriented versus hi-hats and, and things and crashing. So uh, generally, you know, a word or a vibe, you know, just a few words, I, I can visualize how it's going to be. And, and that just touches me here and, and I know where to go. Or at least I I know where to try to look, you know. Mm, wow, man! Lots more projects to come, huh? Oh yeah, man. We 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 we've been having a blast through COVID. <laughs> we've been having a blast. Wow, <laughs> man. Yeah, creativity. Yeah. So, um, I want to ask you about another uh, track on the project. Um, uh, it's called "You Don't Know." Um, yeah. Raw Poetic, your verse details your character taking a walk or a stroll, observing and interacting with certain sceneries in nature. What yeah. meaningfully is happening with your character as he's experiencing taking this walk in the song? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think I think that's that's one about being just in tune Mm. with everything around you and your surroundings. I do like to go hiking. I like to be out in nature. I feel a lot more like myself when I do it. I don't do it enough. Um, But and that's kind of like it's like almost like the whole thing at the end is like you don't know you don't know what you're missing. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's uh, just kind of like. I think that's why it's such a happy vibe of the song. Mm. I almost felt like when I wrote it, I was back out there. You know what I mean? Mm. So that just helped me. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with that one. When I listen to that one, I feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I wanted to make it, show everybody else felt that way. So I broke up the rhyme a lot so that, you know, somebody who doesn't follow a lot of the fast, like, you know, the underground raps right. when they get real picky. I broke it up and then I kind of bring you back into it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you want to trip with me? Okay. Now let me show you exactly how we do it. You know what I mean? And so it kind of just, it's a nice little journey for that whole thing. Yeah. It, 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 the vibe of the song sounds like, um, it just sounds very like, like it's like a relaxing walk, kind of just, walking yeah. and observing nature <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. because people don't do that. people don't think that hip-hop can do that you know what i mean <laughs> right, and, right. And, but hip-hop to, like hip-hop is poetry hip-hop is very poetic and poets are very nature-based you know what i mean so yeah. it's like yeah we can we can do this too like you can be out in nature and listen to a hip-hop song and get that vibe like vibe with the trees and everything else like it doesn't always have to be concrete you know so it was just like, let's have fun with it. You know what I mean? Let's have a picnic here. Dope, dope, dope. So, um, I think we're almost towards the end. Um, I thank y'all for staying with me. I know oh, I had a lot of questions. Great, man. Thank you. Yeah. Indeed, great indeed. Questions. Indeed. Um, so the last track on the EP, um, in fact, before I go, before I go to this question, um, on that song, um, you don't know. Um, you repeat a phrase in the hook where you say, "Oh, you don't know just how to fly." Mm-hmm. Um, does that phrase have anything to do with the "How to Fly" track yeah. on "Moment of Change"? It's a callback. It's a callback because it's almost like saying, "Like, yeah, this is a very spacey album." You know what I mean? But you don't know how to get where we're going unless you've been where we've been. Mm. It kind of goes right back to how to fly. You know what I mean? And that's why it's like, people who know, like you, are like, is he taking me back to the drum? Maybe I need to listen to that. Like, yeah, make the connection. We still those same underground dudes. We still can drop those kind of tracks for you, but we can do this also. You know what I mean? So it was a callback. Got it, got it. Um, And yeah, as I was going to say, um. The last track on the EP is entitled Page One, uh, which is probably one of my favorites uh, on, the, on the project. Um, what are you actually saying repeatedly in the hook? It, it sounds like you're saying, and you could, you could correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> it Go sounds like it. you're saying you're, you let your freedom delete your soul or you let you your let freedom you believe your soul. Your soul. You let yeah, yeah, your yeah. Delete, yeah. Yeah, you let your freedom delete your soul. Delete yeah. your soul. I was like, all right, I got yeah. it correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, um, like, can you just kind of clarify what that whole phrase is, like the message behind that that phrase? 
Um, I think it's just saying like, yes, freedom is something we're all striving for. Freedom mm. is something that is very important. You can also lose yourself in it. Mm. Depending on what route you choose. Right, so, right, right, right. Like haunting you no matter what you're doing. You got that in your head, like almost saying like, don't let your freedom delete your soul. But I'm just like, you let your, almost like a, a evil ghost being like, you let your freedom delete your soul. <laughs> and so that's what it was about. But it's kind of a reminder of like, don't let your freedom delete your soul. Okay. You know? be a slave to something else you know right 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 like how would you sum up the overall message of that particular track um i think that page page one is like your your first step to your first step to freedom you know what i mean mm. had the great idea of putting the pencil in there you know what i mean and you know um is again like first of all being me is an out of body like that's how the rhyme starts like being myself is an out of body experience you know what i mean so once you connect to yourself, you kind of branch out from yourself, you know, and um, and then you start writing from there, you know, follow your own narrative. Dope, that's dope. the message. Yeah, I think um, the track itself, um, like as you listen to it, I think it kind of starts out almost like a, a a traditional. You hear like the drums. It, it starts out with like the kind of like I don't want to say boom bap, but I get that kind of vibe when it starts off, and then it just switches up. Mm-hmm. But it still keeps that same energy. And I thought um, it was really dope that y'all ended the song, you, you know, the, the the project with that song and just the vibe of it, too. Um, I think it's similar in the way you get you guys ended our moment of change. Like it, it's still it's kind of like upbeat to a degree, but with the the different like layers of, of instruments and stuff. So, um. Yeah, man. Like, what? Like, can you speak to like, you know, what inspired you to kind of close the project with this with this vibe, Damu? Well, it was uh, it was more so just the the vibe of the, the music. That, mm. You know, I, I I start more so in the, I guess, the emotional content versus the uh, the lyrical content. Some sometimes I have to analyze both. But um, mm. you know, I got the collection of the music, and I you know I sat there and you know, A and B, you know, went through my uh, sequencing routine. Um, I thought that that just made that I, I couldn't, I couldn't see that anywhere else. Mm. And then by the time it was all actually produced and, you know, it had the, the paper and the page turning sound effects and stuff. And then you pointed out the drums. Um, I, That was probably, I mean, you, you don't know it has a pretty hard uh, drum beat behind it, but it was like that one, I, I had a lot of fun doing that because, or, or page one, I had a lot of fun doing that because I got to go and actually put some Damu drums in there. It, it, and I, when I say Damu drums, I mean uh, like go and load a floppy disk from like mm. oh, those drums. Like so if if you have if you've listened to my music for a long, those drums were actually on the Wide Society album oh, on no. a song called "Set the Example." So the second drums had come in, I made the I made that drum kit back in maybe two thousand five, two thousand six. So it was it was me going back, you know, a long time to kind of revisit an idea and then, you know, repurpose it. And uh, when when he originally sent me the music, I said, yeah, man, how about um, how about this? How about because the, the groove is so the, the music itself is speaking to me so much. But and I and I could go different directions because he, he already had some drums programmed. And I said, you know what? I can accentuate these. I know the right breaks to, to throw in there. And that also has some some uh, Latin percussion in there. And uh and then yeah, it had just like this driving march. Yeah. 
and then towards the second verse then it goes into like the more kind of smooth groove hip-hop yeah. rhythm and uh and then and then it fades back into that so I, I want to just create some some uh some some curiosity some anticipation oh when are those when are the drums coming back oh they left you know and then it, it, it was just a fun song so same same thing ending the album on that where it's like ah oh, man the album's over you know the record's done you know but then page one it's you know it goes back you go back to page one play the record over yeah yeah Tarantino uh pulp fiction type of arrangement got you it know? got it so it's like an indicator of like it's time to restart restart yeah. the project yeah that's dope that's dope yeah wow Man, it, it was such a pleasure building with y'all today, man. Um, I wanted to ask you all, I know you guys said you got more collabo projects coming, but just for your individual careers, like um, like what else is in store? Real quick, one, one, one point I forgot to forgive me for this, but this I think people will get a kick out of this. The, uh, <laughs> the, the opera voice, you probably hear some opera singing in the back or some high-pitched voices and stuff happening. Like when the drums come in, that, that's a guy. That's a guy named Earl Davis. Ah, <laughs> okay, singing background. So that that was yeah. I, as you could see, I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, dope, dope. Yeah, man, that's what's up. Yeah, we'll let them figure out who Earl Davis is. <laughs> they probably know though. <laughs> that's what's up, though. Um, you know, I actually wanted to ask you this before we go into your 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 solo projects coming up. Like, um, if you guys had to sum up. Um, what you wanted people to take away from this EP, A Big Tiny Planet. Like, how would you, you know, what would you want, uh, you know, listeners to take away from the experience? Um, I mean, limitless possibilities, man. When you go into music, there's limitless possibilities of what you can do. And there should be limitless possibilities of what you expect from yourself. And I think that's what I know we try to bring to the table. You know, we just, we do our thing naturally, but we don't put uh walls around what we do you know we just go out and do it and i think uh i mean i think that's why we work well together you know what i mean it's often being real good friends you know what i mean but i think we both have that mind state of like yo like where can we take it you know and uh that's how you get stuff like this keep pushing so you want to add some thoughts to that damu uh he, he pretty much summed it up it was yeah that was perfect nice. Nice man. So yeah, talk to me about like what what people can expect from you guys individually. Um, I mean, you know, in some form or fashion, we're always working together. I okay. think my next solo project is uh, Laminated Skies, and again, Damu helped me with that one too. I mean, we just we help each other all the time. So got, got that, Damu. Yeah, there's uh there's an album called Conversation Piece coming out uh. Uh, officially September 3rd, uh, Raw Poetics featured on that. That has uh, that also features myself doing a couple vocals. Uh, it has Blue Insight Innovates and Eddie Scott, um, and features uh, KPM, the KPM Music Library, um, samples. I was granted access to their archive, and uh, that, that was a lot of fun. And can't wait to get that out. And yeah, the, the Raw Poetic tracks on that record, are, I think, uh, yeah, they're really good. Um, pr wow. proud of those. and. And then from there, we'll we actually have another uh, yeah. joint album coming out in probably, I guess October, November, called uh, another space themed album called Space Beyond the Solar System. So that's so so a lot of the, the records that I'm working on, uh, that most of them are, have 
with their, their joint records. Wow. At, at least for the next, at least for the next year. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of raw poetic and Damu album. Man, man I, I, system is a big one. That's that's like a whole solar system. Yeah, there's wow. there's a there's a twenty minute there's a twenty two. I, I I was looking at it today. I think it's probably going to be about 21, 22 minutes. There's a twenty two minute song on that. The last song. And then some of the songs are 12 minutes, 13 minutes. I mean, it's, and that, and to be honest, that was actually the record that, that kicked everything off. It's like we started making that. And uh, well, there were a few things in between, but then that's when uh, Uncle Archie heard that and said, okay, you yeah. are ready. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, he got, he's on this out. He's on that album also. So um, that, it's, that's, that's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. Did he like give any like, Extra details on on why he felt you guys were ready with that record. I think he, I think he just heard the song. So it was like, okay, okay, they know what they're doing, you know. Nice, yeah. nice. Listen, man, I wish you all continued success, man. I, I I look towards that day when I see uh, you know, this music in in some type of film format because I feel like that's the direction y'all are going in, like. With, with the space sounds and, you know, the sci-fi type sounds. Um, but yeah, man, um, much continued success, man. Thank you for, you know, being, you know, gracious enough to uh, do this interview. And um, uh, I guess in, 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 in last question, I would just say, uh, if you, if you guys want to give, um, you know, your social media sites and websites where people can um, get connected with you for music, merchandise, you know, or just, you know, any upcoming tours or whatever. As things are opening up, like um, just feel free to share. Yeah, Raw Poetic go on all the social media sites: Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. Uh, I got a website too, rawpoetic.com. I'm updating it now, so you go there. It's a little all over the place, but I'm not a website designer, so you know. But it'll be ready <laughs> soon. Dope, dope. And as for me, just uh, at Dom with a fudge monk IG. Nice. Long, long time coming to get there, but that's that's where you can find me. <laughs> hey, at least you somewhere, man. Like I, I, I there's people I, I can't find them anywhere. So I, I'll take one um <laughs> social media platform. Listen, brothers, thank y'all again. Um, to all of our listeners who have been rocking with us, um, and also viewers, make sure um y'all continue to check our website outtheboxmedia.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel Out the Box TV. Um, remember you can go you know, support us by purchasing merch at outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia or just doing it through Cash App at hashtag at hashtag outtheboxrep. Um, Till our next time, remember the shows are not only on YouTube, they are available as a high-quality audio podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Just search for Out The Box Talks. Till next Friday, everyone stay safe, stay healthy, stay focused, and we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.